Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Telford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Happy hump day, Scott Telford. Happy hump day and Mr. Josh Brown as well. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? How's it Lads, going? What the, what the living hell is a hump day? You obviously huh? don't watch the news. I mean, Josh, do when you, you know you're sleeping on a Wednesday. <laughs> that's you know, you don't shock him. That's my sleep day. Yeah. You, see, we, we realize you don't actually have a hump day, but what it is is if you work a five day week like a lot of us do in the in, on a Wednesday, you know that's the hump. You get over that, and then you're sort of there, and you're going to get to Mordor. I mean, <laughs> all the way to Mordor. I definitely work a five-day week, but it's split. I'm, I'm putting the idea out there. We can revolutionise the work week. Take a Wednesday off. Work the Saturday. Make sure you've got a day off every two or three days. I want, a, I want days. four day weeks. That's what. That's what I want from now on. That's <laughs> I would what love that to too. I would, I would sign that in a heartbeat. Anyway, this is the What Culture Gaming Podcast. Um, there's absolutely nothing going on in the gaming industry right now. There's a few rumours, but there's very little in regards to blockbuster titles or anything worth talking about in regards to stories or spoilers or anything like that. So we just thought that we'd bring across a few of the questions from the Untitled Banter Podcast, which is the thing that me and Jules do on a Friday and um, where thankfully to all the people that follow us each week there's a lot of questions that get sent in um, and I thought we'd just bring some of them across because there's some really good talking points in here um, and it gives us something really fun and lovable to talk about so um, first question from them is from Brian Jackson who says with the prices of games increasing and the countless times a game has either been broken or unfinished at launch what is the point of buying a game at launch anymore <laughs> now I did just uh, pre-order Skyward Sword HD because I found it for £2 less on shop2.net but what's your, where are you guys are on buying stuff straight away i mean I'm, I'm a midnight launch man so it's you I'm, are scott you I'm are part of absolutely the illness, to be honest crazy with that like you, you insist <laughs> on getting everything at midnight even if it's not going to be good how do you how are you awake how do you ever like still like i'm, I'm looking I'm, for a series x mate. i've got to, i've got to be up all night josh you true. say this but you've discovered 2am recently so yeah, we've seen you online <laughs> yeah, we, at 2am yeah i've got the photographic evidence <laughs> hey that was only because i was trying to platinum mass effect that was an extremely how did it feel though did it feel yeah. good getting extra hours in the day because i'm just no. 2am 2, 2, 2 is the new 11pm i'm just saying. no because yeah. i had to up my coffee dosage which when i stopped drinking coffee made me feel worse so it's 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 a vicious cycle boys but i mm. i wish i could do it i wish i could be on your level can't remember the question i think it was about the end price <laughs> the Yes, yeah, so like, they won games. Yes, the whole idea <laughs> yeah. of buying something straight away. Are you, is there any point of buying a game at launch anymore when nine times out of ten, ninety nine percent of the time, you'll be getting a worse version of that game? 
I'm entirely right. That is entirely true. You know, if you get something at launch, you were getting the worst version of the game. You're getting it, you know, without major patches, you know. So if it's something like a cyberpunk, it's not going to run well. It might have issues. You're not going to get any of the DLC bundled in. You're going to be paying more than the sale price. Um, and you ultimately have to take the biggest risk because you're there day one. You're essentially part of the QA test as you go because, you know, these games get pushed out with shippable bugs. Mm-hmm. And the people, the biggest fans, you know, paradoxically are the ones who have to put up with all that stuff. And um, However, I have said in the past that, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and tell everyone that it's, it's better for you to get, a di- to get a game two years, you know, later when you can mm-hmm. get it for very cheap. You can get it with all of these patches installed. You can get it many maybe even with all of the DLC rolled in. It's easy for me to say that, but I'm not going to do it because I'm too much of, uh, you know, someone who wants to be part of the conversation and gets caught up in the hype, just like everyone else. You know, companies spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on getting us invested in these titles, so we buy them day one. And while you are technically not missing anything, that is a culture that's hard to break and how to distance yourself from when you've been you know a fan of these titles forever so if you have a strong resolve and if you can wait off i don't think you know taking the risk unless it's an extremely bankable game is necessarily the smart move but it Mm -hmm. is the move a lot of us do and it's the move that i'm going to continue to do and continue to be burned by so i recognize that i'm part of this problem yes mr benroy what's your thoughts on this before i've got a different a slightly different angle to put on this in a second I'm the type of person that went to university if you, oh, like three days later because I pre-ordered the Gears Free Xbox and couldn't then transfer <laughs> it to a different store. So, you know, I, I, I delay things like that in my life. I mean, like, I, I, I can't talk to this. Uh, I'm, if I've got my own income. I've had it for a long time now. I'm buying it day one if I want it. Like, this is the end of the day that like, I want it. So give, give, me what I, <laughs> give me what I want, as Dave Batista once said. But at the same time, it depends who you are. Like, if you're mm. the, if you're like a, say just a, a a casual in sense you don't play everything all the time we'll say like if you're a mum or a dad or you you just play that one thing like someone who's lies at night games, yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's hard to it's people that were so ingrained into it and we do we make money by spitting into microphones in like isolation uh it's hard for us to say but like that aliens game that's coming out might be rubbish i'm getting a day one because <laughs> i want xenomorphs like same way with like films like yeah but if they come out uh digitally now mm. i'm normally going to jump on it straight away though because i want to if, if well if films are if films are a little bit different but with games like, i kind of know what i want and what i like mm-hmm. and i mean i did wait how many years was it to play Mass Effect 2? So, you know, I do wait A long time. To, yeah, I do wait sometimes to play that sort of thing. The Witcher 3 was forever sort of thing, but it, that's very rare. Like, mm-hmm. even like, I don't feel like I've ever really been burned because even, I guess I lucked out, we all did with Cyberpunk where PS5, so it kind of ran okay. So we just... Yeah, it was like it. the better version of that game. I think it's like an interesting yeah. question of um, responsibility because like, yes, you as a consumer, you should absolutely hold off if you're remotely unsure or if your financial situation doesn't support you dropping £60 or whatever it is on a game. But I also think that, you know, I'm going to enter into a contract with a given studio. I'm going to assume the best of them and it's on them to uphold that. And if they can't uphold that, then I'm completely within my rights to kick up a stink about it, whether or not I have a platform or not. Oh, totally, yeah. You no, know, we, were, we were kicking up all sorts of stinks even before we were able to do it 
for like what culture or anything. You just do, whether it's in your sh- social circle or social media or anything. Um, and I think that's kind of like part of the ongoing responsibility side of it too, that like if they're going to put something out that's unpolished or unfinished, then it's going to get dragged for it. And th- that's a whole other side of it where it's it's valid on the consumer side to be angry if, on day one. Um, I think, but yeah, that's but- a whole other thing. I've jumped in a few times, like over the past weeks, like when new th- things come out, like Ratchet and Retail. Like I'm not like some games like that where if I want it, I want it. But like some with a certain price point, I mm. am. I guess I am the person who waits then because I will play them when they come down eventually. Like I'm waiting on them, but it's hard to imagine because it's only really Sony exclusives that you have to do that. I feel like you have to do that for now because like it's all definitely... the Xbox stuff is on Game Pass and so much stuff mm. is going there now, and it's. There's definitely like a relationship Levels. to hype as well. It's sort of that like let's well let's see for myself kind of thing. And like the, the earliest access point is like a midnight launch or something, which is I always just want to see what the thing is. Like I'm living for these new releases, whatever they are. So I want to get in there, whether it's a tiny indie thing or, or something else. But um, that's a whole other thing. Is that something like you know you mentioned Returnal and Ratchet? There's an assumption that they are quality products just waiting for you whenever you're ready. So it's like you don't need to check in Cyberpunk style and see what the state of it is at midnight. Um, next question from G Malave: Why is Max Payne Four not a thing yet? Oh my god! Why, 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 Rockstar? You have all this money, all these studios, and you're not going to make Max Payne Four just no. to you know pop the boys because Max Payne Three, lest we forget, made by Rockstar, is just one of the best third-person shooters ever made, in my yeah. opinion. I yeah. love that thing. I love the way it controls. I love the tone of it. I love the humor of it. Writing's I love the story insane. Of it. Yeah. I love Max Payne as a character. I love jumping through the air with two pistols and having to whap a shotgun off me back. It's just. If, if a remaster of that game came out, I know it's not Max Payne 4, if a remaster of that game came out, that would be something I'd buy day Where one. is that? that? Where is that? Where, where, where is it? Where, where is, is it? That? LA Noir came recently. Uh, Max Payne 1 is on the PlayStation Store, but 2 isn't, and 3 <laughs> What are they doing? <laughs> 3 is not even available on uh, backwards compatibility. They just killed the servers as well, so... Yeah, all the multiplayer side of it's down. Like, there's no way to, to even play it. Like, it's just like, like you said, of all the stuff that Rockstar have, like dove back into that were maybe a little bit more controversial at launch or whatever... Hashtag L.A. Noir. Why is Max... I mean, I, I, did Max Payne 3 be received worse than L.A. Noir? Like, I guess that's oh, kind definitely. of the same. Like, Max Payne 3 did well critically. It didn't mm. sell very well, which is maybe the reason why they're hesitant to go back to it. Mm. I think it did sell less than um, L.A. Noir did overall. And it, like, it costs so much money. Like, that thing constantly got delayed. Well, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. a really troubled development. And just, they sank a lot of money into that. And it wasn't... At the level, Do you that think there's a more positive, expected. like aura, reputation around Alien Noir. I mean, there must have been than there was around Max Payne Three, because I feel like Max Payne Three is the forgotten Max Payne, and it takes people like us to go in, like, no lads, honestly, it's really good. Like, you shouldn't have been put off by all those screenshots with bald Max in his Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> that stuff's actually really well written, um, and that's totally justified in the game. And but it's it's just one of those games that most the people visual, the visuals to it, like with all the sort of like the, was it text over the screen and so like yeah. Yep. Like, it was like every year or two after Kane and Inch 2, one of the greatest sequels of all time. Very where, Man on Fire. Very, where uh, that, that was yeah. also had the visual effects. Like, tell you what, just bring Max Payne 4 and Kane and Inch 3 into the same game and they could all fit <laughs> together and jump on the cocaine plane. Of all the Let's forgotten franchises. Half of that equation. Let's do half of that. Let's do the first half. Let's bring Max Payne 4 back in some form. But Kayla Lynch, Kayla Lynch can, can go, can go yeah. away, can, can stay in your shelf, Ben, right? 
I think overall, like, it would be... It, it, I would welcome a Max Payne 4, but at the same time, I do like that it's a finished trilogy. Like, I would kind of rather they just put out an HD, 4K, whatever collection just to just yeah. so at least they're playable because you don't even have an access point for Max Payne 3, which is what annoys me. Because um, the end of Max Payne 3 is very tranquil. It has a very specific end point. They could do more, but, like, it's a nice end point. You could leave it there. I think my annoyance is that I can't just play it like, unless I get an Xbox 360 out of I it. I think... The same with, like, say, if half of, or if there's probably more PlayStation gamers than Xbox right now, like, those people that just can't play Splinter Cell anymore. Like, mm. but everyone else can play Back and Pat, or they can buy it on the Xbox store. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I bought a PS3, and I was literally playing it last night. I was like, oh, this is nice just playing this. This this eases my urge for it. Like, I was thinking about getting Max Payne free on a PS3, because I should. can't find my 360 copy anymore. I don't know where that's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I was thinking of just playing that again, and then I'd sort of like calm down again. That's what, They're riling us up for saying, I'm like, just give us what we want. I think give the availability... Us, give us Kane and Lynch free. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give us Kane and Lynch three. I think the uh, the availability of like past uh, titles can quell that sort of like, oh my God, where's the next one? Um, which like that would be my sort of uh, annoyance with it. Um, next question from Tom who says, I've just finished Final Fantasy VII Remake and was wondering if you guys think the story beats that they change will work out better in the long run than the original. Now, I picked this one to um, talk about because where are you guys on Final Fantasy VII Remake now? Like so, so long since the original? Because I've gone back through or I've gone through the integration stuff i've replayed big chunks of remake itself from last year um do you guys tend to think of final fantasy 7 remake at all is it on your minds at all or is it just kind of that was a hell of a thing and that felt crazy and just where are you guys on it in general yeah i sort of you know i've got kind of like compartmentalized it to last year i really enjoyed <laughs> it much more than i expected to you know we did a few podcasts a few videos on it mm-hmm. and but like my interest in the ramifications of the story it hadn't really come up. Like I haven't jumped on this integrated business. I don't really mm. know what happens in that to bridge it to the Madness, sequel. Josh However, when the sequel does come around, I think that spark will return. I am interested to see what they do because even as like, you know, someone who doesn't know much about Final Fantasy, what the ending did teased me so much and sparked my imagination receptors in the old brain of mine um, so much that I'm just, I'm fascinated about the discussions around it. I'm fascinated hearing from longtime fans like yourself and Benji, who mm-hmm. we did that initial podcast with way back last year. Mm-hmm. And then I'm excited to see, you know, how people like me and Ben Roy, who don't have this connection to it, kind of, you know, come to understand just what's going on, but also come to appreciate what they could do going forward. Like to me, I have no idea what they're going to do, but that's why it's kind of so exciting. Yeah, I've, I, I've got thoughts too. Ben Roy, where are you at in general Final Fantasy VII Remake ephemera? Uh, in the nicest way, it's like Square Enix can just like go over there and wait until they sort out the integrated thing so they can go on PS4 as well for some of those PS4 people that are waiting. Oh. Uh, I think I probably won't play it till ra- if integrated is that essential. I'll it's play not. it nearer to the next one. <laughs> Good, then I won't get it at all because like, it's like, fine. I love Yuffie plays really well and I'm glad it exists. And there's li- there's a little bit more story stuff that tags on um, to the end of Remake itself. I did a whole theory video about what it yeah. adds to that. And that's just fascinating for people like me, but I think anyone who didn't play the original wouldn't get anything else out of it. It's the smartest remake I think has been done in a while because it's something new and we all can... There's people like you, Scott, that have been there since day one and like mm. the in the attitude area whereas i'm now coming in like saying well i can sort of be part of the conversation because it's we're going to go in a different direction what if this finally ties in the spirits of in and it's like one big universe and i can't wait <laughs> oh. to see how that happens but well, at the same time i i i think about it every now and then but 
uh, I just know it's not going to come for a while. I'm, I'm not gushing, but I'm excited. I think it's interesting that Final Fantasy VII, the original, was this big seismic, oh my God, thing. And then 10 years later, they did all the um, compilation of Final Fantasy VII stuff, Advent Children and Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus. And then now everything is now rolling into this new main timeline. That's the thing that Insurgents do, um, Integrate does, is brings in more stuff from the compilation, confirms more of those things um, that they said years ago they weren't going to do because it would be too confusing. But now they're just like, nope, this character characters in here this storyline's in here let's just make everything one giant timeline which i just had to reconcile with the fact that i'm like yep sure let's just do it i've I've paid 130 pounds for for that cloud figure over there (laughs) so i'm just i'm all in i've got i've got 130 pound tifa figure on the way i don't care of course i I do i'm gonna get Aerith. i'm gonna get red 13 i'm gonna get barrett i'm gonna get vincent i don't care so i was like I'm, I'm, i'm all in but um that to bring it all back to the question they did very much play their sephiroth card which is their that's meant to be the final card you play in that story and they did that so that whole crazy thing from the end of the remake kind of weirdly like neuters the rest of that story so i don't know what you do really um and that's they bring a dude in and integrate who could be another thing to fight it's just it's a bit of a mess so i'm, I'm curious how the it hell it feels like it feels like the thing they do in comics all the time but a bit more interesting where it's just something a bit different and it's taken it's, it's got new consequences right and it, everyone knew the sephiroth the Sephiroth was going to be there with his one wing. So, you know, let's see what he can do now with a new bag of tricks. Guess a second. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. super curious what they do. I just think that it's, it's yeah, it's really interesting. Plus, Tetsuya Nomura, the original creative director, has, like, stepped back into a different role. So the, the general level of insanity that comes in at the end of the remake assumedly won't be there going forward. Um, anyway, next question from Sawyer, who says, currently playing through the Telltale games, the Walking Dead fin- uh, season finale broke me. Is there any game that had such an emotional weight in the shortest amount of time? Also, do you think Telltale games will make a resurgence again? Now, I included this because, Benroy, you've just been through them as well, I think. Did you do you also echo his thoughts? that it I haven't well? played the, f- the finale at the fourth okay. season. I have it downloaded. Um, I, I, I went back to the first one last year for the first time in like a decade. Mm-hmm. And then I played season two, which kind of... Season two is so dark and so crushing like i've because you lose i'm not gonna say you lose characters in season one right i'm not gonna mm-hmm. say who and then i go I, I then go to this other character like you're now my new surrogate sort of person that i want to love and then they just keep doing things which is so bad i'm like stop it let's let's just be why are we sh- why are we shouting why are you trying oh, it's a, yeah, it's I, i'll watch you bash that person's face in with a crowbar because they deserve it but oh <laughs> and then three 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Kind of like, you know, what? It's almost like they were just like, let's just do something totally different. And then I found myself being off. Because whereabouts in that, in those season rollouts, did they start falling apart as a team of developers? Was that I think during season three? Free, yeah, because like the end of season three, so season four, mm-hmm. I think, because season one and two are so connected. Season three's got that new art style and like mm-hmm. a totally new sort of side story for ages. And season four apparently wraps it all up, which is going to be, I think, I can smell it being grim as hell. <laughs> but I just reminded how good they were back then. Like, I've never bothered. I tried the Game of Thrones one, didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, they draw me in, and it's just a different thing, man, where like. Sometimes I like just pressing a button once in a while and just like letting the story come to me. It was know. such a weird like point in time. Like the the first, I feel like everybody played Telltale season like Walking Dead. Season, season one was one. immense. I love. Yeah, it. season one was everywhere. 20, 2012, I think maybe twenty eleven, and um, just absolutely everywhere. And then I feel like I remember when they went under and they shared that sales graph, or people started sharing that sales graph of just the massive drop off that they were never able to replicate the sales of season one. Um, Josh, where were you at on on Telltale stuff in general? Did you pick up other stuff? Because I I played season two of The Walking Dead. I played Game of Thrones. Um, I forget what else they did, but they did, did quite a lot. Um, yeah. But like, what's Wolf your general thoughts? Wolf Among Us, totally season Wolf one. Um, but yeah, what do you think of like where they went and like could they even bring that stuff back? Because Life is Strange is doing really well now. Yeah, I mean, like the format works. The format mm. absolutely works. But the issue with Telltale and why they ultimately, I think, went under is because they just tried too much. Like when The Walking Dead season one came out, it was like this singular thing. And then they adapted that format so rapidly to mm-hmm. not only other seasons of The Walking Dead, but like you said, Game of Thrones, um, Wolf Among Us, Batman, which I think was Batman good. was the one I couldn't like, think of. Batman's brilliant. Batman's brilliant, and yep. it, but it became a thing. It almost became a lottery of, is this one going to be good? Or is this <laughs> going to be like crap? Is it going to be, have the technical issues, which they all did to the game engine the terrible. That, yeah, came with the game engine. So it was almost like a lucky dip. It was just like they were throwing everything at the board, like taking on all of these different franchises. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. I only got to the end of The Walking Dead Season 2. I've always said I'd go back for more, but like the way that wrapped up like they went under while they were doing the final season and it was only through like a miracle that they managed to even finish it and deliver an ending in the first place which doesn't give me much um confidence in Mm. like the project and they have come back now in name only like there is a telltale games that exist now it's been revived and they're apparently working on stuff Mm. the next season the wolf among us is coming back um, but I, I don't know whether it's going to, you know, ever recapture the glory days of, you know, the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead, you know, like that initial burst of creativity. I think it's like what, like what season one like meant to the industry as well. Like we totally, were right yeah. in that cusp of like Gone Home was about to come out and you had like Bioshock yeah. Infinite was on the horizon. Last of Us was being advertised. You had all this push towards narrative investment and immersion and, and storytelling and gaming that hadn't been done before. I will yep. say that season four is different. To the mm. point where I've been told it's, it's not like a Telltale game; it's actually a game. Like it's you a actually four-person squad-based loot shooter. <laughs> you, you, you actually do things like the combat's more actually actual combat rather than just putting a cursor over a zombie's face, and <laughs> it's not like the the list isn't just complete 
uh, this, that, and that. There's like finding things in that game. So apparently season four is more of an actual experience, an actual like playable game with story in it that I've heard of. But if I'm they did. not looking at it because I don't want to have it spoiled yet. Right. If they did like a Walking Dead game that was Mass Effect style, like that split of, like Mass Effect 2 split of, because not 3, 3 goes too far down the, the action route. Grimmest thing ever, but yeah. You I could have like lots of dialogue choices, Telltale style, um, you know, branching narrows, but with a nice chunky amount of gameplay in there. There's probably a way to do it. You would hope that something like the Legendary Edition kind of reignites that spark. Because playing back through all the Mass Effect games, it was, we said this on all the podcasts, but it was very much like, oh yeah, like these games used to exist. Like there's no one doing this anymore with such a split of gameplay and story. I will say, I think the the walking dead train is gone i think like mm-hmm. we've had a big decade of just walking dead everywhere remember it was a survival instinct with um <laughs> norman readers on 360 that thing and I, I and that cancelled game that never came to consoles but only went to pc what was the one where you played as dan and merle together was that, that survival instinct right, okay. yeah and then there was that one that totally just bombed and they killed it before it came to consoles and <laughs> Uh, but had that awesome CGI trailer and just so things happen with The Walking Dead and things like Kirkman's now ended the books. Uh, oh, has he? On... I thought he said he would do them until he died or something. No, they've oh, ended. He, he, he's done it for there. a few years ago, didn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah. I dropped Invin- off after season four, so it's been a while. Invincibles is that there. The TV show's ending with this last season, so I think it's sort of like winding Ooh. down to go to sleep now. Right. And with it all like hitting Disney Plus over here and I'm going through the graphic novels again and catching up. Uh, so I think like I'm going to hit my peak again, but I don't know if the if the industry is ready for like the walking dead i I, would, I love your idea scott probably with a different ip or just something fresh mm-hmm. but i don't think the walking dead carries the weight i think it just has the tv audience now it definitely has that um feeling of like they they messed it up and it sort of took time all yeah. the glenn stuff and all that kind of thing they need to come back again um but i wonder like, if it, if they cap it off and it's all it's all available and they can sort of you can look it's at the it only one available as well i don't think you can buy any other ones apart from the walking dead series hmm. they might look to a way to put all the seasons out like eventually i think if you once you get like a holistic view on it and you can pick and choose different levels and specific character specific moments and then make them into levels make them into like character driven stuff there's a way to do it it feels like it deserves a way They're better always on game sale as well so yeah uh i don't think we actually answered the person's question there to be honest i think we <laughs> just talked it? about the walking dead where we were you know wrong they said is about... there any game that had such an emotional such an uh, amount of emotional weight in the in the shortest amount of time um, which, I mean, my games that completely destroyed me are Celeste, are um, To the Moon, um, To the Moon for by a landslide. I mean, I, that game, you can do the whole thing in about three to four hours. I did that in an afternoon um, and then took me the rest of the day to recover from it. And in a beautiful way, that game is absolutely stunning. I I would actually cry if I keep talking about it. I adore that game so much. But do I, you guys have anything that comes to mind for that? Never heard of To the Moon. Oh, dude, check it. It's because it's it doesn't have a console release. Like, it's only on uh, Steam. I put it on my Mac as my Mac's sputtering away. But, um, uh, yeah, To the Moon is the story of an old man who's passing away, and it's these two scientists um, who develop this technology to um, go into people's uh, minds. And after they've talked to the loved ones, it's like, okay, what was this person's dying wish? And they go in and they change their memories, almost like Inception style, um, so that the person who's passing away gets to live, gets to believe that they did the thing that they were dreaming that they could do. Um, it's beautiful. It's so well written. And, and yeah, the the end of that game is a big old thing. But um, what were you going to say, Josh? Do you want to go first? <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Ben. Right, we, we were being too courteous yet again. Um, yeah. For uh, for me, we're talking about like you know specific condensed you know sections or maybe entire games. Like obviously, you know we could talk to death about the entirety of the Last of Us. But I think if you take Last of Us Left Behind, which is just this very tight. Mm 
a two hour, an hour and a half experience, like side story. It ties in with the original game, but for the bulk of it, it's the backstory of Ellie and how, you know, she got bitten and stuff and her relationship with, I think it's Riley. Riley. Am I getting that right? It's been a while since I played it. Yeah, her relationship with Riley. And I think that packs so much emotional punch into just this really small DLC. Like, arguably as much as the main game does for me. I remember playing it and just being absolutely blown away that they managed to do so much in mm -hmm. such a small amount of time. So that is definitely um, something I want to shout out. And just very quickly, all of the game, but specifically the opening of Firewatch, which I won't necessarily oh, God, spoil, yeah. but this is just, it's its all text. Like you don't see anything. And it runs you through the entirety of this um, specific relationship that of the character that you're about to take control of. It's essentially just like this prologue of the entire game to come, setting it all up. And it's all through text, all through some specific choices, dialogue choices you make. And it's just so beautiful and touching and heartbreaking it's the music the end, as well like, it's yeah, such an effective music. thing just pieces of text on a like a blurry sort of background telling you what this guy went through what this relationship went through and with this really touching piece of music and you occasionally you don't really get choices you're just you just button through it it's like okay this yeah. happened continue like okay accept this keep going um yeah that game's intro is insane ben right do you have a devastating thing you want to throw in uh, just like when I'm trying to save the a little mountain town crawling inside of Mr. Slave and stopping that. No, I just have to, I like the Tony Rose. I was gonna, I was gonna cry for a second, but no. Um, Man's been uh, playing South Park. That's what this is. Brilliant. Jesus Christ. Uh, but um, the beginning of the Last of Us Part Two. I think I messaged you both when mm. um, I finished the beginning part, and I was like, I just, I just, just destroyed. Uh, Last of Us Part One almost ruined me when I thought a certain character might get hurt. Uh, the Walking Dead. Right. Just the ones we talk about, like like these are games that have caused me to have liquid come out of my face. <laughs> so there you go. There's there's probably that really. And just whenever I have to try and save someone, like a journey hit me in a way, a weird way as well. Okay. But you should yeah. check out. I mean, me and Josh are trying out. There's that Sky Children of the Light is now on Switch, which is a free to play game. That's the follow up to the uh, to Journey. It's very Journey as well. It's a lot of like um, surfing down sand dunes and looking at mountains in the distance and flying and floating. And it's got that whole um, feel from journey but it's on switch like it was initially on mobile and stuff and um, but that is the follow-up to journey from that game company that's finally on switch and i feel like that game is getting like no coverage because it was originally a mobile game um yeah. but it is it is like really really recommendable um next question from jage or judge g-a-g-e i'm gonna go with jage um just 100 assassin's creed valhalla what's your thoughts on the new trilogy overall that being origins odyssey and valhalla and the rumors of a new game now the rumors are um that it's going to be a selection of islands coming next year and um, because this year's assassin's creed that was good to be a standalone from ubisoft sophia has now been rolled into valhalla as dlc and then next year's assassin's creed will be a selection of islands in europe if that's even true um what do you guys think though of that switch in direction like did you guys used to like assassin's creed over the years like because it's weird i feel like when i think back on origins odyssey and valhalla they're almost the exact same game yeah, that's it's the, it's the franchise that like mm -hmm. i can skip guilt-free like even right. though we do this for a job like it's Didn't the one the that i just no, it never used to be the case. It's the one, I used to get them every single year. It used yeah. to be a Christmas tradition. I still do, the and game. just barely play them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the game I asked for every single year would be to get Assassin's Creed and I'd play it Christmas morning. And then one day that just stopped because suddenly they stopped feeling like, you know, these important drops. And I know people still love them and I know people still get a lot of them. And I, I, I love that. I respect that. I like that it has this audience still. You know, Valhalla was like the most successful Assassin's Creed to date or something mad like that. But for me personally, there's so much to them 
that inevitably every single time I jump in, into one, and admittedly I skipped Origins, I eventually got around to playing a little bit of Odyssey, and then I played through all of Valhalla. Like, it's just, there's so much of it, and I played 80 hours of Valhalla and can barely remember any any of it. I know right. I had a good time, but I can't remember it. It's, it doesn't it's like a night out trying to remember when you're hungover from it. I know I had a good time, yeah. but I, I don't even know what that it's, was. It's very much like that, very much a night out, very much, you know, ordering a giant takeaway and devouring it all. I had a good, like, time while I was doing it, but afterwards, it just it just doesn't leave an impact on me. I'm not here, you know. Even this question, I don't know what the next Assassin's Creed is going to be, and I won't care until it's really announced, you know. I, I'd mm-hmm. love to talk about, like, potential settings and stuff, but when it comes to mechanics, when it comes to focus, it's almost like until it's right there in my face, it's not a franchise I even think about, really. Fair. Benroy, where did you were you an Assassin's Creed fan over the years? I've I've got an anecdote for you here. So there was um, once once upon a time was it 2007 when Assassin's Creed came out and Mass Effect came out the same year. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rewind back to that time, you know. We were the 2010s were not there yet. I was still still didn't really have an income. Uh, I had the choice between Mass Effect or Assassin's Creed. I picked Mass Effect. (laughs) <laughs> then trade then traded Mass Effect to my friend for Legends of WrestleMania. Uh tried Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, didn't like it, never played one since. This is your this is your villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just can't even and uh, to put it in other words, I just um I'm sorry, I ain't got nothing. To be fair, I wonder if, because a lot of people did bounce. I remember when Assassin's Creed 1 launched and a lot of people hated how formulaic it was, how repetitive it was. It was like, yeah. you know, these are your assassinations. These are the side missions. Repeat for like 20 hours. And I actually really liked Assassin's Creed 1. It's one of the only Assassin's Creed games that feels like you're assassinating someone, pick a target and figure out a way to kill them. But I wonder if you might actually like the new stuff more because it's Maybe. more focused. It's more streamlined. Like they got away from the rigidness of the older ones. I'm not shooting on the Ubisoft open world because I went back yeah. to Wildlands and I loved it. I just loved going around in a <laughs> helicopter, things burn up around me and just quickly doing the mission and getting out of there. And I love that wacky sort of open world stuff. But mm-hmm. for me, I just, uh, why, why do I do want to jump in now or do I want to, you know? Uh, well, the thing that goes alongside these, time's uh, more of a currency than anything for me. Well, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is that the average length of these new ones is like 200 hours. So it's like, exactly. that, that's what puts, I haven't, I finished Origins. I didn't finish Odyssey and I haven't finished Valhalla. Um, but I did look into all the cutscene stuff because Valhalla has mad stuff in the cutscenes towards the end where they bring it back and tie it back into where the story was across the 2000s. But I feel like no one got there. Otherwise, way more people would be talking about it. Like the, the, the Pope moment from Assassin's Creed 2 was a big old talking point. Um, or the, the Minerva moment, let's say, that comes after it. Um, but yeah, apparently the, the rumor that goes alongside the uh, multiple islands European setting is that it's going to be a major departure for Assassin's Creed. So I kind of wonder maybe, if they're doing something new anyway. Maybe these these games show two modes. The, just the go- the all-you-can-eat-until-you're-dead sort of version <laughs> or the narrative version where you're just doing the narrative. and you just I mean, get- I would take that. Give me, give me a couple-hour like- narrative one. Love like that. I just played Mafia Definitive Edition recently, and like you can just skip the driving if you want, and you just go and do the missions. Mm. The open world's there, but just go away at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I think next question from Adam, who says there's an upcoming low budget game called Death Ground, which is basically Alien Isolation but with dinosaurs. Now I checked out a little bit of footage of this. It is literally Alien Isolation with dinosaurs, um, <laughs> but it is quite low budget. It's a cool idea though, because I just to throw my side of this in here, I don't think the industry has anywhere near enough dinosaur games. Like there's just where are they? Where are they're they? They're coming. There's that Ark <laughs> Survival game. There's, there's Ark one... Survival. There's Jurassic Evolution, and that's about it. Like there's, there's one on. Where are they? Xbox that was on Game Pass, but it's so early access. It's like walking it was around. Turok in 2006. It was Turok in yeah, 2006. 
But anyway, yeah, um, Adam says, do you think the gaming world is needing a AAA dinosaur game to throw into the mix? If so, would love to hear what ideas you have. Yes, I think so. And uh, just let me play as dinosaurs. Let me be a dinosaur hunter. Let me be Turok again. I like the 2006 one. Put that out. I like the 2006 one. It, it had really good bow and arrow combat and yeah. it had a revolutionary feature for the time. When you moved through the grass, the grass would move. That blew my <laughs> mind back in the I'll day. I'll tell you what, right? In, in, the, in the 2006 one, there's, uh, there was one bit where I was facing off against some dinosaur, like a velociraptor type, charging at me. And I was with my, one of my friends sitting next to me who was like, oh, you're effed because that thing's going to charge at you. And I fired a bow and arrow at it. And there was a whole animation reserved for that um, dinosaur being shot with the arrow, falling to the ground and skidding all the way towards me, to which I then like butchered it with the knife and took my arrow back out. Moment of the year. But no one cared because <laughs> that game was buried back in 2006. But it was like, you, you, know, do... you know, in Men in Black, when they shoot the spaceship and it slides all the way to yeah. the, I was like, I'm just, I'm living that moment. It was a good time. Could you do like a, a, a Monster Hunter style thing? But yes. with just dinosaurs, big dinosaurs. That's, that's Team hilarious. Up, take down dinosaurs. That's hilarious that Monster Hunter fan me didn't even think of that. It's because I don't even think of them. <laughs> I mean, I don't think of them as monsters, as dinosaurs. I think of them as like creatures and weird, like, you know, yeah. supernatural stuff. Anyway. We're all of the age where dinosaurs, I, dinosaurs were like my life when I was growing, especially Jurassic Park. <laughs> I had them painted on the wall and everything like that. It was mad. Uh, do you remember those Jurassic Park games on PS One? Yeah, you know, you know, the, the, the dinosaur fighting game and stuff like that, <laughs> and the other side scrolls that were stupidly hard to do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we got Horizon Zero Dawn, which is basically dinosaur. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna say the obvious Dino Crisis. Where oh, is that? Where is it? Where's it gone? Uh, I, I feel like. To, I Capcom just wait until the point if Resident Evil ever fails again, even though it never really has failed, but like mm. to the point where like, do we go for that? But Dan, give me, give me horror, this horror game that this, um, I think I can't, can't remember the uh, person who wrote the question. Uh, it's but, Adam who said it, the game's called Death Ground. I, it's, I'm excited for it. I will have a look at it now. <laughs> it I like cool. Alien Isolation and I like dinosaurs mm -hmm. and I don't want to play Ark Survival. So, you know, that maybe That's my thing with Ark is I'm like, I'm never going to get into this massive like online platform thing. But um, when you mentioned Resident Evil, like imagine like a Resident Evil 7 or 8 style controls, but instead of shooting zombies, you're shooting velociraptors that's, jumping that's up and down the That's That's, that's, that's just done. Yeah. But in first person, I guess you Dino could do, you do that. was first person, wasn't it? No, three Ooh. was the one they put in space where it was. There, there's definitely packs. a first-person Dino Crisis, but every Dino, the first Dino Crisis was the only real, true sort of like top-down tank controls. -y, and then mm. each one was changed a bit. And there's like seven of them, but we only think <laughs> of the first three. Are you not thinking that what was that? It's called like Dino Challenge or something. There was like a light gun one that was like a first-person. I'll show Avalanche reviews. He did like the whole retrospective on the series, okay. and one of them is. One of them was a first person, but not not like Resident Evil Seven because obviously it was like back when mm. things weren't refined. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Resident Evil Dead Aim. Either way, there's not been yeah. dinosaur based. <laughs> there's not been enough dinosaur. But you're stuff. right, Scott. We need that. We need that game. We do need that. Um, so yeah, with that with that being the clarion call to end the podcast, more dinosaur stuff, please, whoever can hear our collective voices. Because for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. Thanks to everybody for sending in their questions um, for the last few weeks that I managed to bring across into this podcast. And thank you all very much for listening. For now, like I said, it's been a podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Josh Brown. Goodbye. Happy hump day. <laughs> and Ben Roy Turner. Life will find a way. Goodbye. Happy hump day and goodbye. <laughs>
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.